pre-show shenanigans we are live both in la second time recording this first time you know audio didn't quite go to plan had had a grant blamed me but in fact it was grant's microphone that was the problem it it was but if we if we count up the amount of time we spent fixing your mic compared to mine unfair unfair if if we allocated at least 30 percent of the time we spent fixing your mic to mine that would have been perfect okay that's that's fair but at, at the same time um your mic did uh it did crap itself yeah and we i personally have a lot of questions exactly how that worked um but you know what we're here we're here and you know what La- last episode wasn't even that good anyway so uh it's probably better off we're recording so this is the pre-show last time we were debating about dog names that one sucked okay so better pre-show this time how much money well actually oh even better we didn't talk about this we have to talk about the plane where the where the door blew off the door which, by the way, I will be flying on or that. That wasn't. Aircraft. That wasn't. That wait, wait. Correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't the door. It was just a piece a part of, the of the plane, plane. that felt. Yeah. No. Worse. But but worse. by the way, United said that they're like like grounding all those planes. No, I'm uh, I'm flying on that plane. I will be flying on that plane tomorrow when when this is up. Oh, so so they may may have been joking a little bit about that. A uh, little my, bit. So I heard that the window seat and the middle seat in that exact same row. So like those seats, those three seats right next there, window and middle unfilled. Nobody, nobody had those seats. So, so they missed their flight. Yeah. So, you know, to, to a degree, maybe, maybe United was aware, like, Hey, there's no one sitting there. We don't need to check this part of the plane. Like if it flies off or whatever. Well, I think it was, it's just a random part of the plane. No, I like, know. It, it it's been... coincidence. No, I know. But like, I did find that very coincidental. I thought that, you know, that may have been an example of uh, some some voodoo magic witchcraft going on. Uh, but my other thought was, if you were on that plane, do we know how high in the air? Well, like, do we know how They were above 10,000 feet. Like, but it was like, they... it wasn't, no, they were, they were like, this was kind of post take. I think it was just after they got up all the way because they were like able to turn right back around to Portland, I think. And then they, yeah, uh, I'd hope so. Yeah. So actually, you know what? Talking about uh, the the no fly list that that that's been developed on the Waterboy podcast. We've got Shrimp Scampy guy. We've got the you know all these other people. We well, how would about. we they, classify this in the no fly list? This is more that, that's so the plane an that they're taking. That's the okay. plane that they're taking. Okay. okay. I would also like to add the child. Well, at least it would get rid of the shrimp me. scampi scent. Yeah, that it's free air conditioning. Yeah. Um. So there's one. I would positive. like to add the. Uh, it might the child. clean up the kids' spillage. Uh, all of that might just fly out. So. Well, this actually might be a benefit to this experience. I would, I would like to add the child that was behind me on my flight here, the the one that uh, was sticking his head in the crevice in my row. He was behind me, and he stuck his head literally. You know, you got the slit in between you and the seat yeah, next to you. Yeah. yeah, no, this this kid uh, stuck his head in between that slit for like, like where the armrest can yeah, go for yes. for like sixty percent of the flight. His face was just nice. there. Then he finally went back. He was kicking my seat, uh, banging on the windows, screaming, yelling, babbling. Um, How old? It's like seven, six. 
I feel like that's a little old. To maybe he was like five. Maybe he's more but like no, 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 no. Five. I'm, but I'm on your side way, here. I'm saying this kid's a the, piece the of mom, shit. The mom, the mom, the mom was just sitting there. I'm like, did not care. I bet how bet she didn't how even. Did, this is my problem with with this current generation. Parents. Yes, is, get it out. Get it is, out. Get I swear, out. if you do not give them like these kids have been raised to only use like like iPad kids. They they've only been raised to use technology, and if you do not give them the technology, they just become wild, rabid animals. And it's so this it is, is my this is my next theory. Take it a slight step further with the technology iPad kids. All of these kids are growing up glued to their iPads. Okay, and I'm not just talking like if you want to have fun. I'm not talking just like playing like minecraft on there like watching netflix like if you are doing like homework or school stuff it's also just on an ipad or lot like everything's digital everything yeah 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 now step further now we slightly reflect to us when we were kids technology was coming out that was the era of 3g cell service now i'm not sure if you remember because i i didn't even have a phone during the time this is me using my mom's phone but if you were to look something up, like using, I mean, I can't really take a pretty long using time. Safari on my mom's phone. It'd just be a game, but like, I don't know, loading up. Uh, let, let's just pretend Angry Birds is an online game. You're loading it up and that shit would probably take you around four to five minutes to just even start that. That was a standard. That was a given. You, yeah, no, you, if you weren't on Wi-Fi, like you you would be like, well, this is gonna take forever. Now, sometimes you would rather be on 5G than on Wi-Fi. Well, yeah. So my the the bigger point is right now, walking around with your phone just on 5G, that is faster than when you were on Ethernet booted into your uh internet like 10 years ago. So the speed of the internet the processing speed download upload speed has increased at a rapid rate rapid rapid rate just over the past 10 years so i don't want to know how fast the internet will be in 10 years in 20 years it'll literally be instant so with that okay this generation of kids if there ever comes a day when they're 40 years old 30 years old like they're in the workplace and the internet goes out they will be physically incapable well, I, I of doing think anything. Of even anything. for even for us, I mean, to be fair, I think if the internet went out in general right now, like an EMP hit hit us, like we would all be incapable of doing stuff. Like even even for us, like communicating on a basic level, like obviously if you're face to face, that's one thing. But if like you're across the country from somebody, game over. I I don't have a carrier pigeon to send to you this time. Like it's yes. not happening. Um, I, like I'm just Hedwig Hedwig from Harry Potter is not bailing you out this this time so it would be cool if it would be did. pretty sick if you just had an owl come and drop drop you like a, a, a messenger letter. owl <laughs> I don't um, know how Hedwig honestly fucking honestly letters, but he does let's ditch email something. let's ditch email bring back messenger owls bring them back I but, okay. okay you know what no, but, no, I was gonna I was gonna side tangent us bad keep going well we got the time uh, but but I don't think it's uh, a very interesting side <laughs> And I was gonna say, what is the best animal to send messages to? What is it's the a, best a vehicle? Well, what type it's of bird? We have options. We can go eagle. We can go falcon. We can go raven. We can go crow. We we, we can go um uh, a phoenix, a dragon. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, Whichever one has the <laughs> longest distance. That's that's. I'd fair. go with like a pterodactyl. A <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, the only thing that I want to just say is one, I'm scared about what these kids right now who are growing up being like essentially taught this way, how they're going to grow their kids, how they're going to teach their kids to do stuff. Cause for me, I know whenever I have kids, first thing I'm going to, you are not allowed to have, like, you're going to have a time without tech and like on planes and stuff. Like when I was growing up, my family, we played like car games and stuff on planes. Like they didn't have the TVs that they have now built in. Like, what I'm about to, to say a, might be you had to bring wrenching a, and painful, but you had to bring a when, portable. You had when bring I was a kid, portable DVDs. I had, I had, if I wanted entertainment, I had to read a book. But like, that's what we did. We played car games. We read a book. Trust like, me. I would never do that now, but that's what it but but like from like my kids like it's gonna suck for me because i'm gonna want to watch a movie or something but i'm gonna they're gonna play card games or something on the planet like you're not getting technology for at least the first little bit because i want i want it to be like if i don't be doing your kid a service or a disservice teaching like your 13 year old how to play poker are you setting him up for a lifetime of misery or are you doing degeneracy that's degeneracy that that young age might be degeneracy this is blackjack is fine. Well, also, I think by what first grade you can play blackjack. When when do you learn? Yeah, how to yeah. Add? Kindergarten. Well, shit, I don't know. <laughs> I think we learned. The second in, uh, you know how to add, we learned in you kindergarten. Can play blackjack. Yeah, we did preschool kindergarten. You could do some basic arithmetic. Yeah, I, I swear, third grade. We were doing multiplication we were in second doing grade. Halloween we candy poker and black. Yeah, we no did. blackjack. I didn't we were doing know, multiplication in second poker, grade. So, so uh, yeah, no, neither of us do. That's been a point of contention while I've been here. Uh, yeah, that neither yeah, grantor yeah, I know yeah, how to play Definitely poker. not going to get filled, but yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Back to back to the the plane. Well, screw the planes. Kind of, yeah, I kind of like the bird topic of which vehicle, <laughs> which vessel. And I, I mean, I know we're saying obviously birds. New question: Which land grazing animal would you send to deliver a message? Cheetah. Shit, that's such an easy answer. Yeah, that's the right Cheetah. answer. That's the right Cheetah answer. Cheetah or a zebra, one of the two. <laughs> zebra. Okay, so that's just to show off. Yeah. That, that's just like <laughs> to flex. Like, yeah, that's my zebra. She's like, hey, you got you got the cheetah. No, 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 no. Look at look at my bank statements. I got the zebra. That's um, like the rich talking, people. Vehicle. Now, I just put myself in the times of like olden days where that potentially might be a thing. I know the cheetah zebra is quite safe. It's horse. I'm thinking zebra like, or horse now. cheetah zebra. Um, if we're talking modern day though, I think like, I think it'd be pretty funny sending like a beagle just howling and crying. <laughs> like what's the most you got annoying- Snoopy going like, well, I was going to say like a pit bull or a bulldog, but they'll eat the letter. It will never arrive. So it's, or, or it won't be eaten, but it's going to be covered in slobber. It's going to be wet, like disintegrated. Yeah. You won't be able to read the letter. Uh, so yeah, like they a chihuahua, a chihuahua, like one of those, like, yeah, let's really let's, small, let's pretend that this dogs. chihuahua can get through the streets and and voyage his way out there to deliver this. I'm also <laughs> assuming now I could be maybe I'm overestimating here. I'm as a man who's never seen uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, what what are they using Game of Thrones? Send letters, owls, birds, birds, birds. Okay, my my thought process: if you're gonna send a letter, like it's probably ten plus miles. That'd be my guess. Um, probably more i mean it seemed like game of thrones was bigger than 10 miles long well, I, but... i'm just thinking like if it, if you were five miles away you'd probably handle no they get right? they get them <laughs> they, they like there's like posts like you okay this is right is gonna go from point a to point b then point b to point c point c to point d like they don't just fly like 
oh, I, I thought it was like Harry Potter. Like every single lit person just has a personal little bird and you're like, no, they do. Dumb. Well, it's not, it's not your personal. <laughs> like they have like a, they have like a set of like 20 birds. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Unnamed, but yeah. Damn. So those are like the, the one things that didn't get a name. Right. Whole show. Everything else has a name, right? More or less. All the dragons have names. Yeah. All the dragons have names. Yeah, I mean that's good. You know that's good. Okay, all right, all right. Think, think we can uh, get off this topic now, unless unless you know, unless you got something else to add. Even though today is the one day where we are allowed to spend as much time as we want on the pre-show, so we we could take advantage of. What it. would be the best aquatic animal for message transport? Mm, okay, now I think I'm saying dolphin. I don't know why I instantly thought that I would be riding on this animal, but I totally forgot they're a messenger. Um. i think i'd go swordfish that'd be a badass way to deliver a message do they just jump stick themselves into the dirt in front of you no no the the message is in the swordfish's nose that's it the whole time you got to take it off at the end you're actually you have to beat him in a in a sword fight to to get the message like that's well what if the way you have to to like catch it you have to like catch it like oh you know you know what the best way message in a bottle we're going classic message in a bottle well, that's uh, sure. The bottle you can be an animal there. for this, yeah, for, you know. for this segment, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. Dolph- dolphins probably the the, the maybe first a whale. I thought of I was like thinking, an orca. I was thinking whale too. I was thinking seal, but I feel like they'd be hella inefficient. Can I um, can I claim a surfing penguin from Surfs Up? Is that on the table? At, ooh, hell yeah! But it depends. Yeah, give me Z. It, it depends. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, give me Z. What's what's the name of the macaroni penguin in that? The macaroni penguin? Yeah, one of the other penguins, the macaroni. You know what a macaroni hair penguin is, right? With the little I think it's up. Big Z. Yeah, Big Z. Is oh, that, I'm talking the, the small guy. Big Z's the big one. I'm talking the big small Z, Big Z's smaller, the fat guy. No, no, I know. He's not the fat guy. OG. You I, talking, talking about the main guy that, that Shia LaBeouf plays? Let me look it up. 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 Chicken, oh, no, I know here. No, talking. not Chicken Joe. Not, not Chicken, chicken Joe. Joe. Don't, don't slander Chicken Joe like not that. Not Chicken Joe. Chicken Joe's a literal chicken. You're talking about one of like the background circle. Oh, it's, the, it, it's literally the main character. I'm I'm stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. The main character is a macaroni penguin. Okay. All right. On, on to the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waterboy Podcast. It is episode 185. It is Tuesday, January 9th. A bit bit of a delay on this upload, but double double pod today. Okay. It just could be yeah, one. Yeah, this is actually gonna mess double. mess up our uh, our whole count going now. Yeah, uh, yeah, slightly. Uh, it, we say yeah. 185 slash 186. We'll say episode 185 slash 186. Okay. It's a two-part. Okay, uh, but I have to admit it. Uh, I hate that I have to admit it, but the Michigan Wolverines are national champions. Uh, have an NFL regular season wrap-up, some coaching changes to go over to. Pretty big major one happened this morning, so it's kind of good that we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is a Los Angeles Dodger. We did not talk about that last time. We're going to start with MLB this time because we'll get over it quickly. Uh, and some college football recruiting updates. We'll see how much of those we go over. But, well, there was a pretty pretty major one last night, so uh, I guess that segment has some juice in it again. But, okay, starting off in the MLB, Teoscar Hernandez, right fielder from the Mariners, Prior uh, with the Blue Jays, where he broke out, has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers $23.5 million contract. $8.5 million will be deferred from 2031 to 2038. Everett, we got another Bobby Vanilla-type day coming yeah, up. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, the, uh, Teoscar the Hernandez 20... Day, Mookie Betts Day, Freddie Freeman Day, and Otani Day are going to be electric. 
Andrew Freeman's planning on being retired by uh by when those contracts come around. Well, well, if you remember Otani's deal, we he might not be allowed to retire. So oh. uh <laughs> he well, might no, have to once Otani once Otani's done, then then he is. Yes. Now wait, wait. Otani, his contract is it for 12 or 13 or 10? 10. Yeah, okay. So 10. 10 years he could retire. 2034, yeah. I guess, technically. Yeah. Yeah. That's Come when you can retire, here. Andy. That's when you can. But uh, Tasker Hernandez is a Dodger. I got some quick little fun facts for you, okay? We went over it earlier. I was very, very high on Teoscar Hernandez. The corner outfield market, pretty, pretty weak um, this offseason. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, I thought the Dodgers really needed a right-handed outfielder that hits against lefties. When I look at the construction of the Dodgers roster, a lot of lefties in there, pretty lefty heavy. So I did think having kind of a stud righty batter would be a priority signing if we were to go after another hitter. And Teoscar Hernandez is that guy. Uh, he is now a Dodger. So in 2021, when he broke out Everett, he had a 372, 407, 744 slash line for an 1150 OPS against lefties. The year after, he followed it up with a 980 OPS against lefties. And then this past season, down year for Teoscar, but I'll quickly explain why in a second, 820 OPS against lefties. Now, I know I'm not including his righty batting totals, but I don't really care what his righty batting, to righty batting totals are. Why? Because Teoscar Hernandez is going to be the six or seven hitter for the Dodgers. When he was in Toronto, when he broke out with an 1150 OPS and 980, he hit fifth for them. So fifth in the lineup hitting behind like Bo Bichette, Vladdy, guys like that in Toronto. Last year in Seattle, they moved him up in the order because he was one of the better hitters. They hit him fourth. That's when he uh, had his numbers drop down. He was more of a priority at bat, a uh, little more uh, attention given to him, get a little more junk thrown his way. So Teoscar Hernandez, when he is a notable bat in the lineup that you can burn uh, some of your nasty pitches on just to get him out, he obviously didn't perform as well. Good thing for the Dodgers, he'll be hitting sixth or seventh. So I do expect, I'm not saying he's going back to a, a near thousand OPS against lefties. So, so real hit, quick, let, real quick. But let's, I expect let's just that go, to be at least 900. Let's just go through the lineup right now, right? So one... Uh, Probably think Mookie, Mookie Betts is going to lead off. Yeah, two, he's the all-time Dodger leadoff home run record. Two, Freddie. Three, three Shohei. Four, Will Smith. Yeah. Five, months. I'm open, open to debate for who should be that four hitter. But it's yeah, it's him likely. or Muncie. So four, four Will Muncie, Smith. Muncie, five, Muncie. Six, six Oscar Hernandez. I was going to say Jason Hayward. Teoscar. Mm -mm. Six, Hernandez. Hernandez. Uh -huh. Seven, Jason Hayward. Eight. I guess seven, Jason Hayward. Eight. Eight. Uh, I would say Outman. Outman the nine, Lux. And I put Lux at nine because he'll probably get on base. And then you have Mookie coming. So around. in those lineups, potentially, that'll be against a righty lineup. If we're trying to do Dave's little righty, lefty, righty, lefty, then Hayward probably wouldn't play. And we would, would have like a CT3 CT. in there. Uh, yeah. And if that were the case, I'd drop CT to eight, that Lux ninth. We'll see what, what ends up actually happening. But at least the, the top six of this lineup is now very, very scary. And adding Teoscar Hernandez as the six hitter, now that, that's an AB that if he's going up against a lefty, you have to, you have to give him your best stuff or he's going to make you pay. And so 
I do think one thing the Dodgers could take a little bit more advantage of is having those scary at-bats later in the lineup where you can't just, against Altman, just throw three fastballs down the pipe and he's striking out. So we want to make the other guys work a little bit when we get deeper into our lineups, and Teoscar Hernandez can add that, especially against lefties. Uh, but also, right now, Dodgers are currently about $60 million over the salary cap into the luxury tax. Uh, now, Guggenheim has showed they don't care about going to the luxury tax, but we are still in it by a large margin right now. So I'm ready to say now I'm not expecting anything else after this. I'm not expecting anything major after this. Unless they start Will trading it happen? away players. Probably, but I'm not expecting it. Okay. If they can manage to get somebody to take on like a CT contract or something, then, then yeah. That'd be the dream. Happen. I don't know how we'll do it. We'll probably you have to give, give up it, a prospect. Uh, you'd but, probably, yeah. I mean, if you give them to the Oakland A's, that might be Oakland A's entire budget. So I don't really know what true. other, other kind of like low team might be willing to take him. Um, Angels, if they bite, I doubt they would. Yeah, I mean, they honestly do have money to spend right now, so maybe Padres do it. Padres, that'd be funny if the Padres did. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where where we could possibly get rid of CT from, but that that's like Mets like spending money. They do, they do. Um, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens next with the Mets. There is one other uh, lefty, I believe, Japanese pitcher on the market. Uh, Dodgers are out on him. He's he's really not that good. Uh, we, like we're we're in like on the uh, we're in on the the eighteen year old though, right from Japan Suzuki, not Suzuki. Um, we talking Roki Sasaki? Sasaki, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's one we want. He throws one or two. He's twenty one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought I thought he was eighteen. Um, he's twenty one, but he's going to do what Yamamoto just did next year and like be afraid. Okay. So well, no, there, there's, a, there's another, there's another one who is like, there's a young, hitter. Uh, there's a hitter. Uh, I believe. Uh, Munataka Murikama. Damn. I don't know. I don't know his name, but there is a, there is a lefty hitter. who's like 22, 23 years old, but I think he's going to wait like two seasons till he uh, declares for MLB yeah. or whatever. But um, yeah, those are those are kind of Dodger updates. I also just want to say though, essentially going into next season compared to last year, the Dodgers are pretty much just losing maybe Julio Urias counts, even though that one doesn't really count. Uh JD Martinez, uh, and Clayton Kershaw. Uh those are kind of the guys Justin who are losing. Yeah, but you know, that was mid-season. So yeah, uh, Gonsolin is Gonsolin still vibing around. He's gone, but that's probably a good thing that he's gone. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily count that as like a bad loss. Kike, Kike's gone, which I'm okay with. Wong, right? Wong was on the team. Thank God he's gone. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying, okay? That's who we gave up. The Dodgers have added Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tyler Glasnow, Teoscar Hernandez, Walker Buehler, and Gavin Lux. That that's who the Dodgers have added this year in exchange for the names we just mentioned. So. Yeah, it is ringer bust. It is ringer bust. We've already been at like ringer bust status, like going into the past few seasons. So it's still ringer bust. Uh, this will be the last year Walker Bueller pitches for the Dodgers, though. So like personally, Walker Bueller is one of my favorite players on the team. So that one stings. But 
This is going. Yeah, this no, is paying. Uh, we're stacked. We're paying, stacked. Paying uh, three hundred dollars. Players are still in their prime. So playing, paying three hundred dollars for a nosebleed ticket and paying the another three hundred dollars just for like two hot dogs and a beer probably is not uh, going to be too fun. But at least the entertainment will be there. Yeah, I, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how these how these uh. Concession I'm very prices curious change. about these Dodger dog prices specifically. Like they might, there, there's got to be like some deal where like if Otani hits a home run, like 50% off Dodger dogs or something. <laughs> and like, that, that actually takes something. it, that 50% off takes it back down to the price it was yeah, last Yeah, season. no, that just goes to, to normal, normal face prices. value <laughs> in a standard pre-Otani season. Uh, so yeah, uh, but that was a quick little Dodger update. I'm super, super hyped on Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, that's a very, very big get. He should be playing right also. Should be playing right field. Uh, but we want to move on to college football next? Where, 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 where are we going to move? Okay. Yeah, Moving on to college, college football now. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll lead off with the big news that happened last night, which I was hinting to, which didn't think was going to happen, but it did. Um, the number four player in the transfer portal, uh, Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins has committed to Ohio State, scored 31 touchdowns, over the past two seasons. Uh, I'll be honest, when I first heard this move, now I've, I've told you this many times, however, but and I one thought, yesterday when yes, we were talking. I thought it was an NIL negotiating bargaining tactic by Judkins to stay at Ole Miss, but he wanted more money. That's truly what I thought it was. Apparently, you know, uh, capital J journalism here, capital A, allegedly, allegedly, Quinshawn Judkins' agent has been informed by me. Maybe not necessarily NFL teams in themselves, but his agent is suggesting to Quinshawn Judkins that it's in his best interest long term to instead of having another season where he gets 300 touches, he's had 300 touches his first two seasons at Ole Miss, that it would be better for him to play in a split backfield with less touches so he can stay healthy for the draft and the NFL long term. So I was under the impression at first when Quinshawn Judkins entered the transfer portal that Trevion Henderson definitely is leaving for this to happen. Apparently with that draft agent rumor coming in, apparently Judkins might want to be in a split backfield specifically instead of getting another 300 touches at Ole Miss. So I'm not, I don't need Trevion Henderson hasn't even declared he's returning yet. I don't even know if that's happening. I, I mean, it sounds like he is. Probably is. It sounds like he probably is. Uh, but, but I mean, the one thing that I said was, I don't know. Even if like, he doesn't come, we got it back. So we we were talking about whether or not it was going to be a good idea. Like, how would splitting a backfield affect your your draft status? And obviously, we said, okay, they already have film on these guys. Like it's kind of preserving them. Um, but like the thing that we saw was, you know, and all these backfields where they've had great backs at the same time, like Bama or Georgia with Nick Chubb and and Sony Michelle, where they had a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick. There's going to be a knock. One of the two of them will not be a first round talent or in probably the same round as the other, just by the basis that they're splitting the backfield, but they will both still be draft high. Now, will it be drafted as high as they would where they would be their, their own lead back? Probably not. But similarly, let's look at Michigan with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, right? They effectively are spitting, splitting the back, uh, the backfield and obviously, they're not both going in the draft this season, but they were well, dominantly in theory, splitting. They, in theory, Donovan Edwards could still declare, but yeah, yeah. He could, but he's probably not. 
Blake Corum is what, like the third, fourth, fifth best running back in this class. So it's not, not necessarily the same picture. And yeah, Donovan Edwards. Might, he might be like number two or three. Like, like the way the well, running Braylon back Allen, class, Bucky Irving. I think Corum uh, will be Jonathan projected Brooks. higher than Braylon Allen, even though I would take Braylon Allen. I would take Braylon Allen. I think Allen Jonathan too. Brooks should, might be number one on the board, in my opinion. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Jonathan even with but this. but the, the point being that you can have a, a, a split backfield and successfully be a high draft pick the question is just going to be which one of the two of them is going to have the draft stock a little bit lower because obviously historically we've never seen both taken in the same round i think the last time we saw two players in the same position on the same team drafted in the first round offensively was noah fant and tj hawkinson both tight ends same nope. position. G- Garrett and Olave back to back, and maybe JMO counts. No, no, no too. but I, but I mean, I mean, <laughs> where you're not when you're not gonna be like on the field at like the same time like that. Oh, 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 yeah. Because running well, backs, you're not running both running wide receivers wait, is a completely who, different Fant thing. Fant and who else? Hawk. Fant and Hawk. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, they are same class, huh? I'm discounting Garrett and and Olave because you can throw to them at the same time. They can both get film kind of at the same time. I don't think Iowa ran both Fant and Hawkinson like that. They definitely had them on the field a lot at the same time, but, but like, it's a little bit different than wide receiver. Yeah, no, no, I, I get, I, I'm with you on that. I, 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 I get that. I, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I was about to just think about running backs. That are I'm not gonna do that. That sounds boring. Uh, okay. Uh, other other uh, Ohio State news. Oh yeah, uh, they fired the safeties coach Perry Eliano. Um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, Perry Eliano like essentially did not land a single safety, notable safety at his time at Ohio State. Um, so so let's talk about this. Five star safety. Well, we, couldn't even let's talk about this though. Let's talk about what we were talking about last night <laughs> and the recruiting for wide receivers and the development for wide receivers and how you think, you know how how. Uh, Ryan Hartline. Ryan Hartline might not actually be doing as good of a job, and on top of that, the fact that they want to bring in a co-offensive coordinator. And while you do that, I'll yeah. just give me one second as you do uh, this. So yeah, the first thing is w- with this when it comes to the OC situation, Perry Eliano getting fired. Uh, there's rumors floating around. Well, this part isn't rumors. Ryan Day has confirmed that he is actively searching for an offensive coordinator. Now, he hasn't necessarily uh, disclosed who the search is. Uh, they've actually tried to keep it. Oh, oh, what's up? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but they haven't necessarily disclosed any target names or anything. Uh, no no specific moves uh, being listed out. But what has been floated around is that Ryan Day will hire a co-offensive coordinator um, to, I get co-OC alongside with Brian Hartline, but Ryan Day is going to give this new offensive coordinator the authority to hire position coaches or fire position coaches as he sees fit. So with that in mind... Sorry, I just name... had, to, I had to grab my uh, my AirPods real quick to, to charge them. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, but one name floated around is Dan Mullen, which got me got me excited. I'm not going to lie. I, I love Dan Mullen. I love Dan Mullen, OC. Um, we'll see. Co OC, co OC. My bad. Co-O-C. My bad. Sorry, Brian. You can't Sorry, be slandering Brian, Brian Hartline um, like that. You know but this. I I'd be super hyped on Dan Mullen, but more so what Everett was uh, alluding to earlier uh, in the season, how 
probably would be best off for Ryan Day. Well, he's also, I mean, his ass is on the line right now. His seat is as hot. I've never seen an Ohio State coach be on a seat this hot in my life. So And Ryan, Ryan Day. Day. Ryan Day is burning. No, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, one more Michigan loss. He's oh, I, I prostitute you said Brian Harline, my bad. Oh, no, Ryan Day, Ryan Day, Ryan Day. Ryan not, Day, not yeah, yeah. No, no, I think Har- you said Harlan that, and I just, I just was, was still on Hartline, so I was well, just like, making myself Ryan like Day made it clear that the only offensive position coach that is safe, no matter what, is Brian Hartline. And duh, look at the Now, you now, to. you know, your dream, your dream was Mike Rabel to Ohio State. Yeah, now, yeah. So, this is the thing. And we'll I, get into I it later, know, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, it's just, but I know Mike Vrabel would never consider going back to college. I know he wouldn't. However, in a magical fairy tale world where Mike Vrabel calls up the University of or the Ohio State University right now and tells him, I want to be a head football coach, Ryan Day, see him. Not, not even thinking twice. Give me Vrabel. I think, but if you're Mike Vrabel, though. I know he wouldn't ever do it. But but I'm let's saying, let's say let's say you did. were you were like let's say you personally right let's say you personally were Mike Vrabel with your own opinions about Ohio State and whatever right and you're like this is one of my dream jobs let's just say and hypothetically it's one of his dream jobs right but let's also say you were offered that and the Patriots job at the same time what I'd do you probably take? take the Patriots fire him and I think that's still gonna end up this is what's gonna happen which is I great for me by well, the way because well, Brian Flores probably won't leave then but let me start off by saying this i'm pretty sure ohio state has already reached out to mike rabel offering him to be the head coach of ohio state and i don't think he's gonna even respond the other thing though is if the chargers got mike rabel but we'll that's get that's one later. that i don't we'll even want to float later. that idea into my mind don't get me excited we'll, like we'll, I, we'll think we'll talk about that later we'll talk well, about earlier later. this year some titans fans were joking around like the chargers suck because of their coach and we can't tank because of our coach let's just trade give us stanley you guys get brable and i was like hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah let's do um, it but but back to ohio state i i do think that no matter what but especially if harbaugh leaves if ryan day does not win that game next year he is gone well, i think he's fired he is gone if he loses a game, let's put it this way. If he loses a single game next year, he is gone. Like, it does not matter uh, if it's um, Michigan. Well, like, okay, if he, okay, lost, okay, if he okay, lost to Penn let's... State and then still beats Michigan, I yeah, still yeah, think no, that no, he, no, yeah, he's, 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 he's not losing to Penn State. Uh, but, but, like, that's in my example. Like, like last year, okay? Let's say it was last year. They beat Michigan, okay? They get TCU first round, they beat them. And then they lose to Georgia on a missed field goal. I mean, we wouldn't fire Ryan Day. You get what I'm saying? I'm saying regular season, regular oh, season. Oh, okay, okay. Not playoffs. Playoffs oh, doesn't oh, matter. Oh, okay, okay. If he, if it's like that's what but I'm saying, like regular season. Even if you make the playoffs, let's, let's say it's like last year. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let's let's assume let's say, Michigan wins the Big Ten next year. Let's assume that Ohio State doesn't get a first round bye. If Ohio State got upset in the first round and lost the first yeah, ever you're, home you're playoff gone. game, gone. Yeah. But but I am also saying. I think no matter what, if, if Ohio State doesn't win... I'll be honest, I don't think it's possible for Ohio State to lose a regular season game other than maybe Oregon. So they play Michigan. Oregon, we could yeah, Michigan well, is... No, that's what I'm saying. Season. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Other, other than Michigan... I don't Oregon's know their schedule for maybe. next year. But, I mean... Oregon's like week four, so that one could be up. So. I just... I think that... I think that if they lose a game in the regular season next year, 
Doesn't matter if it's Michigan. Doesn't matter if it's Oregon. Doesn't matter I, if it's I like State. that. I like that. I think one. he's gone. I don't I disagree with that either. He's fired. So I well, I, actually, actually, I slight, slight disagree. If they lost to Oregon but beat Michigan, he's a hundred percent fine. It's we're and I agree with you on this. If he lost to Oregon, then he's probably going to lose to Michigan too. That's where I'll agree with you on. Yeah, but but in a world where I literally do not think it's possible for Ohio State to lose to Oregon and beat Michigan next year, I genuinely don't believe that's possible. So I never know. Ohio it. State does weird things, but Ohio like State if that happens, then he would be safe. Uh, there's only one game that could save his ass if that were to happen. If he loses a game going into Michigan, that's the only way he could save himself. Um, but yeah, uh, for the OC search. That's going to be very exciting. But what we were bringing up earlier uh, about Brian Hartline being a little critical on him. Um, if you look up Brian Hartline, the, the guys that he's truly recruited from start to finish on his own and taken in, uh, let's start with Brian Hartline's very first year as wide receiver coach, 2019 or uh, 2018 uh, at Ohio State, actually. Uh, during that season, they had KJ Hill, Benjamin Victor. Austin Mack, Johnny Dixon, uh, I think Paris Campbell. Uh, not necessarily like crazy guys, which Ohio State has now, um, but those guys were all Zach Smith recruited guys. So not, not the superstar Brian Hartline, but when it came to Garrett Wilson and uh, Olave and Jamison Williams, those were all Zach Smith recruits. And those were the three guys that kind of spearheaded and led Ohio State wide receiver recruiting to where it is now, those three guys, even though Jameson Williams doesn't, doesn't really count, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, but Garrett and Olave. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Herbert. Oh, my God, that got me fired up. I, I like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder, like, people, this is just me being a Chargers fan, and Chargers charging the franchise is so shit that I'm just like, I don't see why many coaches would find us attractive, but like it is Justin Herbert. And maybe, maybe I am the, the real stupid one here and the coaches really only care about the quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. We'll see. Uh, the only thing, by the way, uh, no, you know, I'll save it for, I'll save it for when we get to the NFL. Never mind. Okay. 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 Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, I, I slightly lost my train of thought. Okay, Brian Hartline, the recruiter. Brian yeah, Hartline. The, the receivers under him afterwards. So that was the 2018 recruiting class, I want to say, or 2019 recruiting class. 2020 recruiting class, that was Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, G. Scott, and I believe Mookie Cooper. That was one of the craziest wide receiver class ever. That was Brian Hartline. Now, of the four names I just listed, only one of them. Uh, now, yes, JSN was first round pick, but only one of them like really panned out to the star potential that you'd expect uh, out of a recruiting bunch that highly rated year year after uh, the 2022 wide receiver class. He whiffed on every single one, every single one of them or 2021, every single one, all, all misses. Not a single one of those guys is a notable name. And like, I, I would start listing names for you ever, but I know you don't know who they are. So I'm not, I'm not will. going to. Uh, Most likely not know who they are. Now, 2022, solid, very solid. He got Innes, Carnell, Tate. Noah Rogers just transferred and left, but Innes and Carnell, Tate, very big. Uh, and then he just got Jeremiah Smith. So, okay, 
and Mylon Graham. So yeah, okay, that's four or five stars in the past two years. Yeah, okay, pretty solid shit, Brian. It's just, he did develop. Hmm. I was about to say it. You tell me, you tell me guys, did Brian Hartline develop Marv? Because in my opinion, from what I heard Everett, Marv, stays after practice by himself for like six hours catching balls so i mean you can't but but i mean you can't you can't like but but my question is work ethic is, is one thing like that's his work ethic and obviously obviously brian hartline doesn't have anything to do with that specifically but i think he can definitely contribute to his he can contribute to a it. million percent no but i'm saying i'm saying but with him deciding brian hartline isn't telling marv like hey you are required by me to come and do this no, no, no. Marv no, no, just no, does no, it. But, but what I am saying, exactly. what I am saying, what I am saying, though, <laughs> exactly. what, what I am saying is that when you recruit these guys and like you know that these, like, like there's only so much that a jug machine is like players, it only helps you. Like he definitely has a very large hand in developing Marv, but Marv being who Marv is, there's just an immediate leg up on any other of the other players and how quickly they would develop. Like, it's yeah, just exactly. easier for Hartline because no, the fact is Marv. Like, but I it, would, it doesn't I would say that there's – like, that guy Marv, I'm, I'm convinced he really could have gone anywhere and still dominated. I'm not necessarily sure if it's Brian Hartline who got into where he is today. Because if you Marv, uh, listen to Marv, what... just don't, don't enter the draft, hit the portal, and come to, uh, come to Tulane for me, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, but when it comes to – you look at JSN, Olave, Garrett, those three guys, and that one you can give Brian Hartline to a degree for their route running skills. Like that, those three, oh my God, they, they run the crispiest routes I've ever seen in my life. Marv, not necessarily. Marv's just the greatest like possession catch, catch in traffic receiver I've ever seen, just most talented ball skills I've ever seen. And he's just 6'4, very, very gifted. So it's, it's like different players completely. Uh, but the Brian Hartline thing, I now he's recruiting better than any assist I've ever seen in Ohio State. So I, I can't really say shit. So I'm not knocking him there. Like he's recruiting his ass off. But it's like a Mecca Buka rumored to stay. I mean, now he did have tightrope surgery on his ankle midseason. So that contributes to a lot of his lack of production end of the year. But for a guy who is projected to maybe go 10th. 15th in the draft preseason not not what you'd expect out of him even so, midseason though too mid mid midseason he was even projected to go around there and be if not maybe late first but um but yeah there's that there's only two more right now right things. now i'd probably put him in second round yeah yeah i'd say so uh but in in terms of last quick little two updates number one player class of 2025 bryce underwood quarterback from michigan has committed to lsu and number four, cornerback in the class of 2020, number four player, best cornerback. Devin Sanchez from Texas has committed to Ohio State. So those quick little recruiting updates. Obviously, more portal stuff's going on. Everything's crazy. But um, Before we get to what I know you want to talk about for college football, and one of the things that we were promised last night and did not get, uh, just want to shout out did this in the last episode that is now sent to the fucking grave uh shout out to Tulane football and for recruiting what john sumrall coach john sumrall has done since getting to the program and the players he's landed uh ty thompson former five-star quarterback 
coming to Tulane out of the portal from Oregon. Uh, massive pickup. I think that he is the highest rated quarterback prospect we have ever had, either recruited or in the portal. Um, he's still gonna be. He's still gonna have to compete, though. Still gonna have to compete. My guy Kai uh, will not go down without a fight, and that will be a strict and a heavy competition for that starting quarterback spot. But uh, gotten DBs from Troy, gotten some other players, wide receivers. So great job in the portal. Tulane's looking pretty good for next season. So just um, want to shout out. Fun Way. fact of the day. Um, just quick little, just quick little searching of Kai Horton. Uh, and Ty Thompson, they are both the exact same size, 6'4", 220. Yep. Carbon copies of each other. Uh, Carbon we'll, copies. We'll see, we'll see how Fun. that actually Yeah, uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's look at a picture of both of them. Uh, but okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else, college football? I mean, we've kind of been going through this a little quickly, so we can kind of Oh, there's something college football. There's something Now, are we talking NCAA football right here? Yeah, we're talking NCAA football. Okay, okay. I feel like this is arguably its own little subsection, not even in the college football section. NCAA football is such yeah. a massive thing that this is it's going to be its own little segment in the timestamp. So, okay. Uh, well, I, we'll see. We'll see if I just cut it out from this or if I go and green screen it up. But college football, NCAA football 25, there was a sick and twisted rumor going around on Twitter yesterday that we would see a commercial for the new NCAA football video game, which we have been waiting 11 years for, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, 11 years. Think about that. Last one came out July 2013. So we have been waiting 11 years now. There were rumors coming out that they would drop a commercial during the national championship. Did not have. Oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. Uh, <laughs> did not oh, happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did not. God damn it. I wouldn't. Almost I forgot fully, about that. <laughs> fully would have glossed over it if I didn't just mention that right now. Uh, <laughs> But in this game, I have a, I don't want to say I'm assuming it's not getting delayed anymore. I, I guess they just didn't. It would have been a golden time. But, to drop the but I mean, look, the one it. thing uh, that I'm saying is this was an inside job. Somebody at EA kind of like, like that guy who hacked GTA like, and leaked the game. <laughs> no, but he was like, hey, like we might drop a trailer. And you just the trailer itself or the, the was us hyping up, talking about like that's the marketing. That was the marketing is we were automatically just talking about it. That was. That was more t talked about than the game itself. I'll just for never forget when they tweeted out like college football is back. We're coming back. Or so I was like, this is the great. And that was like two years ago when they, that may have been three years ago when they tweeted that out. I think they made no, it, it was January, 2021, two years ago, January, 2022. Okay. All right. Two years ago. Uh, but there's a couple, you know, hopefully the game doesn't get delayed, but after that botched no, trailer I, moment, I think I think that like they know no matter what everybody will buy it when it comes out. But I do also think they've realized that if they delay this game more, they actually might have the headquarters burnt to the ground. Yeah, I, EA might just give up on production of the game. Like, also, like for the fact that ninety five percent of the community has been like, I don't care if you if you're waiting to do face scans. People are going to give, download rosters anyway. Give shit. like I give it care. to me. You could literally just give me a remastered version of the twenty fourteen no, game, if, and I will I will use that. Like straight up, if they just added a forty five dollar DLC on Madden to just play with college teams, I probably yeah <laughs> probably yeah. do it in a heartbeat. Uh, but but it would be shit because it's. It's off of Madden. 
Now, Anyways. hopefully, hopefully this isn't true, but I mean, the way it's looking, we're going to assume there's going to be another delay, which means EA has time to implement some changes and suggestions, which I'm about to go over. So these, this is my quick little mini wish list of things that I want to be in this next NCAA game. A lot of these are going to be like dynasty or yeah, dynasty mode related, franchise mode uh, related. Uh, that's why I spend most of my time doing. But a couple of these, we're we're going to try to open it up. To, to other things so the first one's going to be the general one i want historic teams like 2k in the game let me play as 2019 lsu with joe burrow justin jefferson jamar chase or let me play with 2014 ohio state which we never got to see in an official ncaa 14 game because uh the last regular season of teams we got was the 2013-14 season johnny manzel was the best player in that game when it came out Everett, fun fact of the day so that's how old it is uh but i want most of all uh when it comes to historic teams like how 2k does it let me finally answer the debate who's better 2001 miami or 2019 lsu let me finally finally answer the debate let me solve it okay we can we can do that if we add in historic teams and you know what the people Uh, deserve it we're missing out on 11 years. Don't need face scans games. or nothing. Uh-uh. Nothing. Because I know you'll have to pay them more. You'll have to pay them more to do all. those. Nothing. But, Literally but also, just... they probably have a lot of the face scans from Madden already for those players. So, yeah. Shouldn't be that hard. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next. This is more Dynasty related, but technically applies a road to glory. Customize. Let me customize the college football playoff size. Okay. Next year. College football playoff is going to a 12-team expanded playoff for the first time ever. For the past decade, we've been in a 14 playoff, but we've never had an official NCAA game even with a 14 playoff structure. So let me go in the settings. Let me change the playoff size to down to four. Maybe I want to go up to 16. Let us, but most of all, let us do a March Madness 64-team college football playoff bracket. I, I want to be able to do March Madness in college football. You okay? you want to see, so you... You've seen this guy on YouTube. I think his name's Bordeaux. Uh, he does like imperialism, yes. like map games. That's yeah. what you want. That's what you yes. want to see. Essentially, you sicko. You're part of the sicko committee. Committee, like on Twitter, you know that that that. Uh... But I'm a sicko. I am. Yeah, sicko. Uh, apparently, you're a sicko. But I want to be able to do March Madness with college football. Essentially, uh, that, that was the grander point of this. Uh, next. Now these are all going to be dynasty uh, related things. I guess technically applies to Road to Glory too. Good and or great players should be declaring early for the draft. They should be not, they should not be staying for all four years. It is way too easy to convince your three-time Heisman winner, three-time national champion winner that he should return for a senior season to get his degree and pursue his education. Okay. We all know that's a bullshit answer. And we all know nobody would ever return to college for that. If they were a three-time Heisman, three-time Natty winner at the time. So we know that would not be a reason. So we need to make it. So screw it. If you, unless you're a Tim Tebow situation where you're actually not a good player, but like a Caleb Williams, for example, I know there's rumors floating that he might say, no, he, you should not be allowed to keep him for a senior season. He needs <laughs> to leave. Like, like for the balance of the game, he needs to leave. Uh, so that's the first major dynasty thing. Next, NIL in recruiting. This is definitely going to be in the game, but we'll see how much of a factor they make it. I think they need to make NIL a pretty, not, not saying it needs to be the main factor, but a major factor in the recruiting process. So in Madden, they have the proximity to home. Uh, they, they have the special like little free agency, like 
player what, what what's the term like player interest level i think yeah uh, yeah yes. player interest so for i'm not saying every player but some players like nil is going to be their main interest some players will be proximity to home their main interest so they can factor it differently but nil needs to be a factor and to a degree like we probably should just be starting out with nil budgets like, like let's just let's just peel the band-aid off boys and, and just admit the truth like everyone's got an nil budget now so like let's just let's just do it how it really is let's not let's not pretend like or we're not paying the players crazy amounts of money. Uh, and then last thing, transfer portal. Kind of a two-part answer here. But we need to have a transfer portal first because of how important it is in college football. But I'm not even necessarily talking about getting transfer players, but more so losing your own players to the transfer portal, okay? There should be, when you're recruiting like new freshmen to come into school, there should be a couple of recruits where in order for them to come, they need some type of promise or guarantee of getting like 750 receiving yards or like 40 catches or, or like six touchdowns or something. And if those requirements aren't met, then they hit the transfer portal. Now it'd be cool if they made it that if your player enters the transfer portal, it's not necessarily like they're going and leaving. They could still come back, but they need to make the transfer portal a big factor in terms of losing players like that's the it, only it should be free agency really, aspect like you should have you can you should it's like real life where you should have somebody come in one year from the portal and if you don't play them that much gone yeah. or even even dylan grable could be your starter gone just mm-hmm. wants to go to a better team gone yeah so transfer portal needs to be very important for this game and i think an easy way of implementing it in is some statistical guarantees of receiving yards or whatnot. Uh, but those are the five things I want the most of all those. The transfer portal is the main thing that they need to get right. And that it'll definitely be in the game. Like, like they have to include that. It's such a big part of college football. So we'll see. We'll see exactly how it plays out. Uh, last little mini thing. This, I, I don't necessarily need this. I think it'd be cool. Might make the game too complex, but in the past, you could only recruit for the upcoming recruiting class. Let me go two years. Let, let me go one year in advance too. You know, they're let, not me, let, do that. let me let me start they're, getting they're, ahead. I know they will. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting your let me let me start getting ahead. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Uh, okay, let's talk about the national championship. There's not much to talk about here, to be honest. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, not the most exciting uh, football um, game. You know why? But, why don't let's start off with you actually giving your thoughts on the game itself? Because I'm not going to talk about the game itself. I'm talking about my emotional situation as an Ohio State fan. So, you know, um, I'm well, so, quick, I mean, we said, quick, we said, I, I, I said, I said that, uh, I said that Michigan is going to win. I said that that was what was going to happen. And obviously they did un- unfortunately for Grant. Um, but I did think that the game was going to be a bit higher scoring. I thought that there was a chance, uh, you know, Washington could win, um, to get, you know, get the ball first, could score first, stop Michigan and score again, go up 14, zero and, uh, you know, it would be the first time Michigan has been down by two scores. I was very wrong about that. I had some, like, concerns kind of right before the game where it's like, I feel like this could be a TCU thing where, like, I don't know why I just have a vibe that Michigan just might come out and, and stomp them. And it was a pretty close game for a while, but then going into the second half, everything just went off the rails. Everything was not going well in the first half to begin with, but everything went off the rails in the second half. And the bigger thing is that Michael Penix kind of, destroyed some of his draft stock this year like he already he already had uh ointment went um 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, no, I mean his draft stock was somewhat problematic already. He was kind of a first. He was a first round pick, and I think he was going to be kind of late first round. And now he probably sorry. There was there was a bit of a line at the water fountain to fill up my water bottle. Uh, but I'm back. Did now. you find the the rash ointment that you've been asking for? What rash? What what Ra- rash ointment? Rash ointment. What? what you texted me beforehand? Wait, did, did that? Did that? Did they just get that on? Did they get that on camera? Edit that, edit that out on named intern or else I'm leaking your name. It's Chris. Okay, go on. But Michael Penix was going to be a first round pick, most likely late first round, even though I don't have him great in that. But like, I think that there was a chance he was going to be. Um, now I think he's going to be a second, even maybe a third round pick based on how that game went and the fact that of injury concerns and everything. So uh, I, 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 you know, don't. Really know outside of that if there was any benefit to Washington. They almost got the trifecta. They almost got every single player on their offensive line having some sort of false starter holding penalty. I think one player on the O-line did not have a penalty. Now, there were people after the game um, highlighting the lack of penalties called against Michigan in this game. Uh, I personally don't really care that much. Michigan is just a better team than Washington. Uh, this is kind of one question I, I have before I dive into the sad part. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, he went 10 for 18, 140 yards, no picks. Um, where, do we, where do we evaluate J.J. McCarthy as an NFL prospect? I, I, Brock Purdy. I, really? Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Comparatively, like that's something that I saw, though. Comparatively, the way that he probably would play in the NFL is very similar. Now, I'm not saying that means he's going to be a, a seventh round I, pick. He I will think be, I know the comparison be, for J.J. McCarthy, he, he and I mean it in a round, good way. But Like Jimmy no. Garoppolo. No, um, no, no, I'll, I'll give it, but keep going. But like people are saying the way that, that, that Brock Purdy plays right now in the NFL probably would be a similar style to what J.J. McCarthy would do. Now, J.J. So McCarthy would I, be a first-round pick, but, I but think it's different. If I were to give a comparison to J.J. McCarthy, I would say it's just a more consistent version of Taylor Heineke. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I mean that in the most, I, I do not mean that disrespectfully. Okay. Go look up good Taylor Heineke. Okay. That that's a good ass quarterback right there. Washington think, commanders, Taylor Heineke. The one thing about JJ that impresses me the most is his ability to escape, kind of make plays with his feet, uh, get outside the pocket, make throws on the run. That's kind of one thing about his game, which pisses me off that Kyle Honda McCord couldn't do this year. And when he, I even go back to Cade McNamara versus JJ, that was a little debate for a period of time going into last season. I thought it was a no brainer. JJ McCarthy will just elevate Michigan's offense, giving some type of mobile threat back there. Like that is what Michigan is mis- uh, missing. If you look back at when Urban Meyer dominated Michigan, what did Michigan never have? like a true mobile quarterback that Ohio State had to be worried about. It'd be John O'Corn and Wilton Spate just standing back there like a statue, and they couldn't do anything if, like, any DN came near them. So J.J. McCarthy has allowed Michigan to run their bullshit little stupid stuff, and I, I'm i I'm curious to see where he goes. I In that late first-round draft lot order. Like, it, sounds, it sounds a lot like right now that he's coming back. 
Oh, I think I think and, and I, I did I did say uh, this when we were watching the game though, but uh, he might be. It's gonna be him meditating on the cover of the next NCAA football game. It's well, that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, it is. It'd be very funny if they just made it Jim Harbaugh. That'd be so funny. But it's it in has the NFL now. But it has to be a player. It would um, probably be Dion if it was a coach though. Um, I was thinking it could be cool. They're not gonna do it because it'll cost a lot of money. But I thought it could be cool if they did like a potential. 11 of who would have been on the cover of the last 11 games but i know they said they said that uh it's going to be a player they're going to stick with the same way that it always has been where it's a player who's returning um but joe burrow on the cover well 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 in the past it would happen. be a player it would be a player who had just graduated because they couldn't do current players because that technically be nil at the time but i think they should so be i think it should be a player well He's i think returning. it should be a returning player now moving forward but I think that's confirm? what they said. I think that's what they said that they were doing because I saw that. I think somewhere. they should do that. Yeah, they should. Um, but they should, not, they, they should do that. And then they should do like a legacy <laughs> edition. You know how Madden yeah. has like the With really Joe they Burrow do a, on the cover. Yes, that's what it should be. Um, but but look, the the, the natty is nothing. Oh 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 shit! Last thing, it is literally update your ratings out. throughout the season because I if I were to think, let's say there was an NCAA football twenty uh, for the LSU natty year, they would have never updated Joe Burrow stats. He would have started as like an 84 overall, and he, they would have never upgraded him. You get what I'm saying? Madden still doesn't do that, so that's that's a bold statement. Madden, Madden is so upgrade players, yeah, they do. They they do, but Madden is so lazy that with franchise mode, which yeah, by okay. the way would be like dynasty mode, they only update it two times a year. Oh, okay, okay, pretty ass. Probably not. Then all right. Um, but but yeah, I mean, outside of I mean, there's not much to talk about the game. Michael Penix just did not look good. Yeah, um, no, I'll, I'll just be honest. He he was just he did not look. Throws, he was missing right? throws was, really bad. It, it was crazy. Um, uh, the O line didn't look good, and it was quite literally Grant's worst nightmare. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, let's let me start off with this. If you were to tell me in the two, 2020 season, okay, if you were to tell me two hours before the kickoff of Ohio State, Alabama, the 2020 national championship, that Michigan would win a national championship before Ohio State does next. I would have laughed my ass off. Whoever told me that, I would have laughed him out of the room. I would have called him the biggest moron on earth, the biggest dummy I've ever met in my life. Uh, I, I think for 95% of people, if you told them in 2020 that Michigan would win a national championship before Ohio State, they'd all laugh you out the room. That happened. Um, I'm going to compare three pain moments. Well, it, you know what? Screw it. I'll include the Georgia National Championship. Four pain moments to Michigan winning the national championship. Okay, First time Michigan beat us, 2021. That hurt a lot. That hurt a lot. Yeah, I'm you not, didn't talk to me for a week. That one hurt pain. a lot. That one was a full-on identity crisis. The second Michigan, Ohio State lost two years ago in the shoe. First time Ohio State's ever lost to Michigan in the shoe of my life. That hurt more because it was at home, because I had convinced myself in my head, you know what? When we go to Ann Arbor, it's a slugfest. That's what this rivalry is about. But when we're in Columbus, we know it's a guaranteed win. Incorrect. That's false. That's what I thought. Incorrect. Rude awakening. And then this year, was I as sad and crushed as the last two? No. But was I? You were embarrassed. Yeah, is the word I would embarrassed, say. Embarrassed, confused, and I guess 
already like in the third stage of guilt, like already getting getting a little bit on uh, or, or despair, yeah, despair. Yeah, already moving on a, a little bit. Uh, and then the last one, the Georgia miss field goal, where Ohio State was a kick away from being national champions last year. Uh, that one stung the least out of all of the ones I just mentioned. Okay, and so the big point I want to make here is that when it comes to me personally. I know I don't speak for the whole fan base. When it comes to me personally, I care more about beating Michigan than winning a national championship. I know I don't speak for everyone, but if I just go off how I feel and compare these moments, that one pisses me off more, losing to Michigan than not winning the national championship. But if I were to compare the pain I felt in all those games with Michigan winning the national championship, especially after all the shit they've gotten from the general media, after being called cheaters, after which they are, but you know what? I don't, I don't even care anymore that they cheated. Like, I don't care if the NCAA sanctions this. I honestly don't expect them to take this away uh, because it's, Michigan had their moment. Like, just seeing Michigan people being able to say we are the best last night and no one can say shit, that was soul-crushing. Crushing. Seeing the party in Ann Arbor... Yeah, it, it, yeah, that that was what angered me. Like, like it, and I now think I'm ready to say that I'm not even necessarily sure how big of an Ohio State fan. I think I just really you, fucking you know, hate Michigan. You know what? Uh, you know what would be a great green screen post for TikTok? What Ohio State fan compensates with Michigan winning the Natty? Um, I was considering doing that. Um. That that could work. That that could potentially work. That that could that could be it today. Um, we'll see <laughs> how much time we have. Uh, I I would just say more so like it's just it's just the trajectory of Ohio State over the past shit my whole life in Michigan and, and how it seems like Ohio State we we've been slowly but surely building every single year my whole life like to that national championship in 2014 like i feel like since that 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 was ever that was so long ago that game happened in january 2015 okay that was nine years ago when ohio state won the national championship uh like i don't even remember what that feeling was like uh but it's just the fact that at one point jim harbaugh was really zero and five and if he didn't bitch out of that 2020 game, he would have been fired. Knowing that, to go from that to now winning a national championship, literally the biggest thing you could do in the sport. I mean, that means that there's still me. there's still hope for Ryan Day. There's still hope for Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, I mean, in theory, yes. And they, I mean, I guess if you do look at like Kirby Smart, the start of his career at Georgia, boy, I mean, shit. Even after this last loss to Bama, you go look up Georgia fans. Can't beat Nick. Can't beat Saban. That's the one problem with Kirby. So, I mean, everyone has problems with their coaches at some point. I mean, go look up Michigan fans' tweets. They all wanted Harbaugh fired, like, even in 2021. So, everyone gets pissed off with their coach at some point. But for me, personally, Ohio State, we got different standards. Uh, Ryan Day, if you lose in Michigan next year, yeah, get the fuck out. I don't, I don't care. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my recap. I'm in shambles. I'm in peril. Uh, I will slight – I will say – a, a thing that really bothers me about the recent Michigan crowd is how many new fans there are. How many, how many people that just it's showed now up in taking on the, uh, the Cowboys, Patriots, Boston Bruins, not uh, quite Yankee, there, but Duke, 
not the quite there things. yet, but Michigan keeps up this success. They could end up being the bandwagon team over Bama, which I mean, oh my God. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but for, for the couple people I know who actually have been Michigan fans their whole life, who I spent the first 18 years of my life shit talking every day without an ounce of worry in the world because they couldn't say anything back. Am I happy for them? No, but detach myself for a quick second. You know, I can at least not be that oh. mad. Just just knowing that there there are some people who have suffered through two decades of of just misery, and kind of kind of story tale storytale like but yeah okay that's what i had i've got a headliner for uh for the nfl yeah uh this if you're if you're listening um to this podcast i apologize you won't be able to see the picture i'm about to show grant um but i'm sure it'll be explained very quickly no i i'm i'm gonna demonstrate it on the camera um to Mm -hmm. the camera is there anything you notice in this picture of baker mayfield it appears that Baker Mayfield might be cooking something else down in Tampa. Not not just cooking up interceptions, but he might be kick, cooking up a little Zinachini Alfredo. What do you think, Everett? Oh, I think I think that there's some Zinachini Alfredo action going on, and and that was from practice, I believe, today. Bucks it's by good 50. to know he's locked in. Now Bucks they will be 50. taking on the Eagles, which I mean, still the Eagles have looked awful. And no, no, no I'm saying I kind of like the Bucks here. Uh, like, yeah. Um, okay. Ooh, so th- shit. We have to do playoff predictions. We do, but while, uh, while just we're thinking about the scores that, it, it's going to be, it's going to be off, uh, off, yeah, no, off no. the dome. Just pull up the score. Uh, the one thing that I was going to say earlier about, uh, the chargers, I believe. Oh, we have the Mike Vrabel. Heck, at least we could celebrate that. With Mike Vrabel to the chargers. I actually think that there's a pretty, pretty decent chance with that. You think? I think that there's a pretty like that if it's New England, Herbert, like I don't know what well, else Herbert, could draw. It's not like LA is a reason Rabel wants to come but here. It's, like, like, it's no. because of the fact that he didn't like his relationship with the GM, GM on the Titans. You don't have a GM. If they hire him first, he gets yeah, the same. The the, yeah, be. yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I point. Yeah, I'll be honest. When it comes to GM searches, that is not something I have quite dove into yet okay i probably should now you know i think the gm's a pretty pretty notable guy in the organization who has now, a lot of saying power uh so probably should focus now, on this a little more uh i'm gonna be honest we're gonna we're, I'm, I'm gonna accept my defeat right now and then we'll give our playoff predictions i had a historic collapse uh this season um i had a historic collapse this uh this last week um, I was down two games for Grant. We'll say one because I still blame the rest for my Lions loss. Um, I went. Uh, I had I had six 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 correct games this week. Oh God! So you went s- uh, six and ten. Okay. I dropped below six hundred. So i went from i believe almost 70 percent correct at the start of uh of the season i think to like week six i was like 68 percent 
to 58%. I dropped 10% over the last 10 weeks. So I had 10 wins. So 10 and six on the week, 166. So you ended up 166 and 106. I was get this total real quick. (laughs) 272. There were 272 games played. 160 and one. Let's one. uh, 61% baby. 61%. That's the threshold, 60%. 60% would have been, you know, I wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to say I conquered the dragon, but I'm officially above the Mendoza line, boys. 61%, I made it. I made it. I set my goal out. Set my goal out. I'm going to look up my week one record right now because we have time so I can quickly quickly go find this. Oh, my let me, God. Let me get I need mine to see, really I need to see Let's just how start. I started off this year. I need to see. I had, 10, I had 10 wins in week one. God, that is so many. Uh, I got to keep scrolling a little bit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, scroll. With the culmination in week four, I had uh, 14 wins. Week four, I had 14. Week one, games. I went seven and nine. So I had a three-game lead on you out of, the, out of the gate. I swear it was bigger than that. Or maybe we I just made it out to be much Well, bigger. no, it uh, was bigger because in week, in week four, I got 14 games right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. And I thought I, I was under the impression that you had a perfect week. And then it turns out that Chad was joining the podcast. So that's why you had an <laughs> announcement. So yeah. Uh, but okay. All right. Playoff, playoff. Picks so I, I will, I will do the honors of my playoff picks first. Well, you also um, announce the games. I do. I do. Um, great slate. Honestly, outside of, outside of, uh, I'm very excited for this playoff. The only stinkers kind of Steelers bills, but the way the bills played down to their competition might be a great game. So we'll it's going to be disgusting, but okay. Uh, on Saturday, it kind of sucks for me because I'll be in the air, but on Saturday, uh, afternoon game, we have Browns at Texans and the mm, night I'm game side for that CJ getting to host the night game on Peacock dolphins at chiefs. That is correct. Uh, the NFL has peacocked the Swifties. They peacocked them. So NBC, you're welcome. That's going to be the most signups in the history of Peacock. You're welcome. Sunday, uh, the, I guess, noon game, Steelers at Bills, the 3 o'clock game, Packers at Cowboys, and the night game, Rams at Lions primetime, Stafford, Stafford in Detroit. to Detroit. Jared Goff going up against the man that traded him away, call him a bum. It is a lot of storylines and emotions on the line. So, And wrap game. up the slate. Monday night Eagles at Bucks. Which so, correct me if I'm wrong. I I feel like they would scratch Monday night football come playoff time, but nope. The winner of Eagles Bucks gets a disadvantage. Yeah, going which is funny con- considering they haven't had Monday night like the last two weeks. Does Peyton Manning, does the Manning cast get a playoff game? Is that is that percent. what's going on? That is yeah, it's fantastic. on it's on ABC ESPN. I think percent. I think they're required to give each of their uh like companies one playoff game. I think that's why. But um, okay, so I'm gonna give you my think games. So. I think that's a later negotiation. I think that's its own thing. So I'm not gonna lie. If I was I'm the kinda, NFL, I'd make it its own negotiation. I'm kind of sad. Deal. I'm kind of sad that the Texans and Browns are playing round one. I would like to see yeah, them I'd both, love both make it all them. the way. The great vibes um, right there. But but at least we can confirm that the winner of that's winning and upsetting the next round. So at least we know that. I'm. I think the Texans could. Could mess could around win. and win two two playoff games here. I think they I can think, mess around and do it. I think the Browns are going to win this game, though. 
Okay. I think the Browns are going to win it. And you know what? As our CJ Stroud enthusiast, if you're off the CJ bandwagon, then shit. That makes me think. Browns are going to win Are you that giving game. out your official picks right now? Browns? I'm giving my picks. Browns. I've been riding the Dolphins, but geez, Tua literally had like explosive diarrhea last week versus the Bills. Uh, so give me the Chiefs over the Dolphins. Give me the Bills. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Rams. And give me the Bucks. Okay. Okay. Now. Did not expect you to go Rams, but then I, I, I guess I have said the multiple for the times Lions has no, 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 no. There's, there's lies. Hey, we've said this before. The Lions are the little brother. They might have won this, but they're still the little brothers. So we're cheering for them. I just think that from what I've seen, they're gonna get first rounded. I've said that multiple times, like throughout the last couple of weeks. I think they're gonna get first rounded. So, yeah. Okay. I actually, I kind of, I kind of love all of your picks, uh, to be honest. But I'm going to just be different. Uh, now I we do have to I, give our Super Bowl matchup too. Though. I have a feeling I might have only had like one different pick from you if I like made these ahead of time, but uh, because we'll be different, I'll be different. Uh, CJ Stroud, the Texans, uh, Chiefs. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. I wanted to do that, I just can't bring myself to pick the Dolphins. Uh, Bills, but give me Steelers to cover, but Bills, Cowboys, Cowboys covering. Lions and Bucks. Yeah, I have zero faith in the Eagles. Lion, give me the Lions, though. Give me the Lions. Give, okay, Lions, Texans. Those are our differentials. Um, my Super Bowl pick, though. I'm I'm gonna say I think the 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 Ravens might be able to finally do it, um, and make the Super Bowl. And if it is, I think it's a hardball bowl rematch. Um, but I if the Ravens kind of are a little. Little iffy, which they have been with Lamar. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Browns, 49ers, Super Bowl with the Niners winning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. At least you got to make it somewhat, somewhat okay. Uh, so you're gonna take Browns Niners. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, Ravens Niners preliminary, but my, but like Browns Niners. Okay, I, I'm because I'm assuming I'm, going, I'm assuming that it's going to be Ravens Niners for both of us. It's my assumption. Well, this is the thing. I, I feel like a lot of times uh, in recent years, uh, a lot of the times the, the two one seeds will end up matching up. And I do think with this new playoff structure with seven teams making it with just one team from each division getting a buy, like in theory, it should really, really favor them like even more so. But I wonder though, I, I, I wonder if, Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a year where we don't see a one-one matchup. Now, I'm pretty sure last year uh, we got it. Eagles, Chiefs, was Chiefs one seed or were they not? I think they were. Yeah, I think they got it like the only, the last week of the season. I think the only recent one that wasn't double ones was Bengals, Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Rams didn't win their division that year. I'm pretty no, sure. the Bucks did. No, 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 no. Nine, Niners did. Niners. The right? Niners. Niners. I believe won it that year. Regardless, uh, I'm going to slightly be different. Uh, now I'm going to say the AFC one first. Ravens. Uh, I'm going to. I think they're saying. I think I'm going to say it. go with the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, but um, the Baltimore Ravens will face the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl this year. It's going to happen. They're going to do it. Dallas is going to get there. This is the year. This is it. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I knew that. I knew that was what you're going to say. Um, I think I, okay. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I think Micah Parsons is, is the best player in the NFL. Uh, Micah Parsons is absurd. Patrick Mahomes does exist. That is true, but we're going, so does back Lamar to Jackson. The, we're going back to the quarterbacks, the most important player position. Yes, not debating, not debating that at all. But when I when I think of dominant at your individual position, what can't Micah Parsons do? It, number one in pass rush win rate, and he's also the most double teamed edge player in the NFL. He is can't play zone that well. I mean, if if we're dropping him back into coverage, and there's already a mistake right there. Uh, hey, you asked. Well, doesn't make the run stop. Well, I'm I'm just talking pure pass rusher here. Uh, run stop. He is not on this run stop. Tuli's on this run stop. This run stop list. So shout out my boy. Uh, okay, sure. Run defense. All right, you got him. Run defense. Uh, Micah Parsons though gets double teamed around thirty percent. 35% one third of the time. And he wins same rate around 35% of the time. Uh, I, I feel like we'll see, but in a season where the quarterback plays slightly down, maybe it's the defensive superstars that, that, that show up this year. We'll see. We'll see. And if that were the case, you'd probably go with the Niners uh, over the Cowboys with that logic. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just feel the boys. I'll probably be regretting this. I well, like, know, so, I mean, I mean, Sunday my, night, my, but... my pick, my pick is Raven Niners, but my fun pick, my fun pick is Browns Niners. That's my fun pick. Yeah. My, would be, my real pick is Ravens boys. My, 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 it would pick. be objectively funny though. If the Browns made the Super Bowl without Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah. That'd be hilarious. Now, now, well, we're not going to dive into his contract. I was going to say, is there a scenario where they could actually like, cut him and it's okay? Like, it's not the no, easiest no, no, penalty? No, no, no. Yeah, no, it's not possible. No, uh, no, that cat. No, he is a Cleveland Brown. Every year, last year, when I did the, the Browns offseason wish list, I remember sitting there and I was like, this is, they have like $5 million in cap room because of his contract. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm going to have a fun time. I'm going to have a fun time this year. Uh, with with those in the math with those but yeah yeah um you know what we can quickly we'll wrap this up pretty soon here but real quick mike vrabel out the coaching no let's black monday yeah, carousel. Let's, let's, it's kind of on its way right now we're seeing some more movement more so a lot of dcs uh, and coordinators getting fired and can't so we are starting to see the movement uh also with the college football season ending jim harbaugh is a big name where we have to kind of wait to see what he does to see where the other dominoes fall uh, to a degree, so we're kind of waiting for that first big Harbaugh domino. Bill Belichick has the highest odds. The chart, sorry, the Chargers have the highest odds to get Bill Belichick next season. The second highest team is the Patriots. So, just interesting. Of Bill um, Belichick for Bill Belichick. Okay, okay. Uh, year also, your home and away opponents have now been locked in for the season for next year. For every team, home and away opponents has been for locked NFL? in. Do you? The NFL. Uh, I, I don't have the Vikings pulled up in front of me, but I do have the Chargers. Do you know, like, the divisional 
uh, the cross. This is who you will be playing. This is who you're going to be playing. Yeah, just tell home me, games. Read me the schedule. Read me this whole fucking schedule. Your home games will be the Broncos, Chiefs, and Raiders, yeah. obviously. Ravens, Bengals, okay. Saints, Oof. Bucks, and Titans are your Actually, home games. I love the NFC South crossover. Love that. Those are your home games. Your away games, obviously a divisional. The Browns, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Boss. I actually love that. We get AFC North, which I don't love, but it's NFC South. Sign me the fuck up. Weakest division in football. Yes, that's that's who the AFC best gets to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me happy. The Chargers um, should sweep the NFC South. I know they're not, but I expect it. It's a bold statement thinking the Chargers are going to be that great next year, but I always have high hopes for my bolts. Oh, no, if, no. If we have Jim Harbaugh and we don't sweep I the do, NFC I, South. I, I do think that your team, <laughs> no matter who the coach is, whether it's Harbaugh or not, I think that next year needs to be a full rebuild season. I think you need to get rid of guys this season. Like, you're not going to have out, great players. Shout out Khalil Mack for raising his trade value. Oh, my God. What a babe. He raised the shit out of his trade value. And I you know that if, if, Harbaugh, like, if, if Harbaugh is on the team. like a oh, third for him. If Harbaugh is on the team, you know Joey Bosa is gone. He's he's gone. So, uh, ooh, wait, actually, yeah, Joey Bosa played against Jim Harbaugh one time his last year at Ohio State. Just once. So, um, yeah, he he'll probably be trading for like he'll trade for Nico Collins. He'll he'll get Chase Winovich to come out out again on retire. Um, Jabril Peppers will be coming over. I mean, straight up, if I was Harbaugh right now, like, if there's one player, well, he was holding his ass off last night, but Will Johnson, like, that might be one of the most key impact recruits Harbaugh. Yeah, he'll trade for Aiden Hutchinson. He'll trade for Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, 100%. Which, by the way, you will never admit it, but you would love that. Oh, I'd be so game for Hutch on the Chargers. Do I think he's, like, a top 10 pass rusher in the NFL? No, but, like, I think he's very good. I didn't think he'd be this good. Oh, I, I, I did. But um, yeah. No, I, I, it's it is interesting now with the Titans job opening. I would probably say one, two is still, uh, is still Chargers and Washington. But I put the Titans at three. It, like I'm thinking, huh? I wonder how the Titans head coaching searches. Oh, who who are they going after? Like they're gonna have to kind of pull a Jonathan Gannon and find someone to. Coach that bus. I mean, you see that Kellen Moore is. Uh, right now. See that Kellen Moore is. Uh, Do not want him as a interview. coach. I think I it's honestly just, uh, am very it's ironic down with that, him leaving. Like I was so hyped on the hire. He didn't but, want to be in the interim coach because he didn't want to hurt his head coach chances. But now he's asking to be interviewed by them. Like that's it's kind of ironic. I, I like honestly, I I wasn't even like too sold on him necessarily as OC. So like, I don't I don't really care. Well, I you were. I, I sold you on him in the off season, but uh, oh no 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 yeah no I'm not denying that. I was so hyped on Kellen. I was so hyped on him. Uh, I think it will be really interesting to see what happens. I'm honestly like those teams. I'm gonna have the most fun with like this off season with the off season wish list just solely because you could blow them up and like I have so much fun just trying to figure out like what to do um i'm gonna have a fun time with the chargers one this year uh but yeah i'm trying to think of uh, if there's anything else that we just didn't get to talk about that that we did last time um we did mention bob meyer uh is now bob myers is now the uh, that's still just what the hell 
when we recorded this yesterday now we're obviously re-recording it grant didn't know that so grant live reacted to bob meyer becoming the Dude, bob Myers like, is president like of operations or whatever like but um yeah arthur smith is out now everybody in fantasy football is rejoiced um Oh, I did hear fun fact of the day. Which, do you know which team in the NFL finished with the most tight end receiving yards? It's Johnny Smith on, on the. It was the Atlanta Falcons as a team. With team Johnny tight Smith. end receiving yards. Johnny yeah. Smith. Um, <laughs> Riverboat Ron's out, obviously. Now Vray rolls out, uh, and we have the previous head coaches. Um, other thing that I did say before was uh, Madison is the 13th player in the Super Bowl era and the second since 2003 to have 180 rushing attempts and zero rushing touchdowns on the year. Ship his ass to fucking Guantanamo. Get him out of here. Um, yeah, not great. The only other thing, by the way, we talked about college football, but the referees were ACC refs. Uh, the inside job was there. It was set up. Um, so... Didn't feel like Washington was qualified, clearly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some interesting factors there. Uh, yeah, I guess the Pac-12 after dark, um, we debunked that one. Uh, that would yeah. be the way. That would be the way for the Pac-12 to die, though. That that would be it. Go out like that. Yeah. No, quite literally. I guess. Shit. Next year is going to be a very strange year of college football. We are going to have Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. We're going to have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington joining the Big Ten. The Pac-12 will no longer be a conference. We're going to have a 12-team playoff. I, there's going to be a lot of things changing. It's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I'm very curious what they do with the transfer uh, transfer portal periods. Now with a 12-team playoff, I would assume for the most part, if you are a key contributor to any of the 12 playoff teams, you're probably not going to enter the portal. I, I mean, obviously, there are people have done it they in the past, probably but... are going to alter it to be uh one should, i mean they should push longer, it back but after the i think it's going like, to be i think that's what it's going to be is they're going to push it because the window they'll probably push it, it back ends. they'll push it back and they'll probably keep it open until like like two days the before one the first thing day i understand ball. is like semester enrollments like a lot of the guys like are already enrolled at their next college for this semester a lot of them already started so like, yeah i get that uh but I mean, shit, college football, they, you could you could just enroll them in. Like, I know USC, there's at least like a four-week policy after the semester starts where you could drop ad classes. So, like, I know it's, they can I mean, it, get it, through. I mean, so. to me, I think the, the portal, the portal should be open, like, for teams to be able to recruit, but players, it's, it's a tricky situation. Because I was going to say players shouldn't be able to leave until their team's been eliminated. But then you can't do that because a team that you might want to go to might fill up that position it's a whole problem so i don't know they'll figure it out i i I, it's the ncaa so i honestly doubt they'll do anything to change it i think it'll probably just stay the way that it is um and then you just have to hope that if you lose that you can just leave but uh also keep in mind though i mean it's not it's not it's not abnormal like it's it's against the rules but teams do talk to players during the season and they they, there's communication there so so if a team that's in the playoffs is expected, like that player is like kind of known that he's going to leave after the season, even if he hasn't announced it, the teams know. And I feel like it's not that big of a deal because that those teams will just wait for that guy to get in the portal. But anyways, with that, I think we're wrapping up our mega episode. 
yeah, uh, not yeah. honestly, not honestly so mega, but mega. Um, with that, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, raise five stars. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and on Instagram at Waterboy Pod. Uh, you can follow me and Grant on Twitter at Ever6 and at Waterboy Grant. We post new TikToks every Tuesday to Sunday, so make sure to follow us there for uh, even more content. Uh, we post new episodes right now. This is not what normally happens, but Tuesday and Thursday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe for us and turn notifications on. We also, uh, we also upload shorts there. Uh, and we're getting back into the groove on Instagram, uh, hopefully once the semester starts. Um, and we'll see what goes on from there. But uh, off-season wish list coming soon. Waterboy's out.